of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Well, hello and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Thank you for joining me today in this journey through the book of Psalms, my favorite book in the Bible. And we are here today in Psalm 91. We are approaching Psalm 100, which will be the two-thirds mark and then 50 more to go. So we're getting there slowly but surely. But here we are in Psalm 91. Um... Not a terribly short psalm, but just not as as much here as um, as in some other psalms. And as I said, I've already been working on Psalm 119, which is going to be incredibly long. I think the musical setting for it alone will be around 25 minutes, give or take. Psalm 91, <clears throat> the original setting of the poem here appears to be warfare um, because of the threats of battle and plague among the soldiers. You will see that as I read the psalm here in a little bit. And in the face of the hard realities of war, God is com- is portrayed as compassionate, uh, almost sort of like a mother bird protecting her young. You see that in verse 4. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. By the way, if you heard a dog barking, that is my dog, A reminder, I do have two dogs, and they do make an appearance every now and then. That is my fierce protector, Gandalf, that is barking. And he is um, uh, attention-starved, I should say. That does not mean he does not get attention. Trust me, he gets plenty of attention, um, but he just wants more. So, uh, there he goes again. Um, Anyway, yes, I do have two dogs. So continuing on, if they bark, so be it. (laughs) Let me read for you Psalm 91, the English Bible here. uh, Mine at least simply um, titles it, My Refuge and My Fortress. Uh, Here we are, Psalm 91. I will read for you the, the entire psalm. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague can come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. 
I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So let's take a look at this and break this down a little bit. So the first thing that starts off, one of the reasons this is given the title, my refuge and my fortress, is the idea of a shelter that believers have in the Lord. And indeed, there is no shelter like the Lord. Uh, There is no friend closer than God, closer than a brother or a sister. God is all we have. In verse 1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So the verse states the theme of the entire psalm here. Those who draw near to God can have peace in him, however difficult their circumstances may be. Verse 3, he will deliver you. So God is present and able to deliver his people. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. David said, where can I go from your spirit, O Lord? He is everywhere. And no time can we ever leave the presence of God. And that is difficult for us to grasp because God is everywhere and we have no possible way to be everywhere. And so that is something that is hard for us to wrap our minds around. But he is Everywhere, Often taken out of context, people uh, use a scripture from Matthew 18 that says, Where two or more are gathered, I will be there. And yes, this is true. God is everywhere. Uh, But that scripture is usually used out of context because it is written in the context of church discipline. Um, So we can't just use that as a blanket statement that, oh, where two or more people are gathered, God's power is there. Um, His... I think what they're talking about is not just his presence, his omnipresence, but uh, his effective power. Um, so we need to be careful in using that scripture in particular, just as a blanket statement that if there are two or more people, that God's power, if you will, is there. Uh, but he is everywhere. God is everywhere. Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. I do not, uh, do I not fill the heaven and earth, declares the Lord. In other words, God himself saying, I am everywhere. Verse 4, he will cover you with his pinions. The Psalms of confidence often have a metaphor for God's compassion at their core. And here God is likened to a mother bird who protects her young. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. God's steadfast love and the certainty that he will keep his promises sustains the psalmist here. Verse 5. You will not fear the terror of the night. This is perhaps a reference to plagues that could sweep through the encampment. Again, this is probably... Um, in the context of warfare here. Nor the arrow that flies by day. The literal setting of battle can be taken figuratively for the struggles of life. So even though we... No, no, don't get me wrong. This psalm um, can certainly be applied to those who might face times of literal battle, but this can also be applied to us 
in our own lives, and this could be used as a figure of speech for the struggles of life. Verse 11 and 12. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. God often works his will through his spiritual attendants that we call angels. And yes, angels exist. Yes, they are real. Yes, demons are real. There's a spiritual battle taking place, and God's angels often attend God's people and help them. Verse 12. Their angels, uh, speaking of the angels, on their hands they will bear you up. Satan actually quoted this passage to Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew 4, 6. And he tried to tempt him to jump from the top of the temple. Satan's aim was to turn faith into presumption. How often do people make a mistake of doing that by taking scripture out of context? I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. So let me go jump off my roof face first and see what happens. Uh, We are given a brain to have wisdom as well. Verse 14. Because he holds fast to me in love. God's promise of protection comes to those who have faith in him. And so this psalm, written in a time of great distress, obviously, as I mentioned, probably during a time of warfare, is a comfort to God's people. That no matter what we face, God is our shield. God is our refuge. God is our fortress and one like none other. No matter the fortress or refuge we have here on earth, how strong it may seem, nothing is as strong as the Lord. And so let us cling to God. Let us, as his people, lean into him. Let us run to him. And so this is Psalm 91, written as a a psalm of praise that, that acknowledges God as our refuge and our strength. So enjoy this setting of Psalm 91. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Stalks at night, nor.
Satisfied. 